All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Amateur Radio Roundtable. This show is about ham radio, shortwave listeners, electronics, and all sorts of other things. We are so glad to have you tonight, especially if you're out there listening on International Shortwave Station WBCQ on 7490. We welcome you and uh, would like to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com. Tom at w5kub.com. Let us know where you're at, how you're hearing the uh, station tonight. It's coming to you from Monticello, uh, Maine, up on a Canadian Maine border. Uh, hey, uh, if you would, uh, everybody out there, maybe I should announce this when we get a few more people. Let's do it now. Hey, hit the uh, hit that subscribe button, and let me see if I can help you out. It's right down there, right, right, right there. Hit that subscribe button, and hit the uh, hit the like button, and hit the uh, hit the notify button. We might come on during the week, and you need to know we come on. We might have something really special for you there. Uh, join our Facebook group. Just key in in the search bar. Just key in W5KUB. And uh, you'll find our, our Facebook page, face, Facebook Ham Radio and Shortwave Group. It's called Amateur Radio Roundtable. You can put that in, or you can just put W5KUB uh, in there. And we're also uh, on just about every podcast carrier out there. Um, anything from uh, iTunes to iNet Radio to... Uh, you, you name it, we're on it. Uh, that's just a partial uh, set of people that, that carry the show. So you can download it or you can just listen to it uh, at any time there on your favorite uh, podcast carrier. All right. So, hey, we got a lot of things. Man, I got a long list of things tonight. Uh, look at that. Look at that. Looks almost blank, doesn't it? Woo. You got a lot more than me. I got a long list of things just wanted to, to hit on tonight. Some of them are going to be a little longer than the others, but uh, uh, we're going to try to hit all of them there. And uh, tonight, uh, Brett has joined us. Uh, WY7BG has joined us tonight. He's going to help us with uh, a segment tonight. And we really want to thank Brett and also uh, Earl, Earl Griffin. Uh, Earl is uh, WA4KBT, who greatly helped us out in... Uh, in Huntsville. I don't know if I mentioned those people last week or not, but they really helped us out a whole lot. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if Doc's in here. The winner, the winner of the CA 500, was uh, Don Johnson out of Cleveland, Tennessee. W A 4 Y Y M. Uh, everybody in the chat room knows him as as Doc, or I call him Papa Doc. Let me see if Papa Doc's in the chat room here. W A 4. I don't see him in here. He probably joins. Sometimes he joins a little late. Okay. So uh, anyway, that was the winner of CAA uh, 500, Mark II. Uh, let me just make a quick announcement here. I've got two sets of Hamcation tickets, and I'm pretty certain I will not be going to Hamcation in February. Now, we could have Hambot give out the Hamcation tickets here on the show, but he'll probably pick somebody that would not use them. And I want to make sure that somebody gets them that will use them from the show here. So if you're interested in Hamcation tickets for, for Orlando, 
uh, send me an email to tom at w5kub.com. Send me an email, and I don't know, if I get a bunch of requests, we'll throw all those into a hat, and then we'll pick uh, one or two winners out of that uh, for Hamcation tickets. And we'll do that probably, you know, in, in a few weeks. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. We've got plenty of time uh, before... Uh, before February, I think is when it is. So that's the Hamcation. Also, hey, we got the we got a hurricane coming up. Might talk a little about that later. Give you an update on W5KB113. Every single day, it's setting new records. We're breaking the record every single day now. Uh, I got an update on Huntsville with the attendance. Um, several things going on. Oh, let me make this announcement real quick. Anybody out there on DMR? DMR. All right, look. I have, I have an IP radio. Let me show it to you. If I can get the mic out. Kind of tangled up here. Okay. So I've got an IP radio. Volume control, display, um, uh, touch uh, touch screen. I can put in. Either, I, I can work D-Star, Fusion, or DMR with it. Right now, uh, it's set on. Well, it's set on D-Star. Maybe you can see the D-Star there. Let me see if I can get it close where you can read it. I don't know if you can read it or not. Uh, let's see. So you can see it's on cool. D-Star right now. Um, I'm going to change it to our show. Our show has a DMR talk group. So I'm going to change it right now. Let's see. Mode, talk group. Let's see. Three. What is our talk group? It's been so long. 31693. All right. DMR. And uh, let's see, three one six nine three. All right, three one six nine three. So if you look at this right now, we're on talk group and we're on DMR. Three one six nine three. All right. It uses a standard. Uh, it uses a standard. I think that's a Yezu mic, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, anyway, it's an IP radio, no antenna, but you plug in an Ethernet cable. That's the antenna. The Ethernet cable, or it it, it is wireless also. So I want to see if anybody tonight during the show. Can get on DMR and call us and see if it works. 31693. That's a brand brandmeister. DMR 31693. So uh, somebody give us a call during the show. Don't worry about interrupting us here. All right, hey, let's jump around the room here real quick. Glenn, come on in here, man. Glenn, how you doing? Doing good. You know, it's another Tuesday for me. Had to go to work this morning, but we're rolling right along. I got this right here. Let me show you.
This is what remains of the book. Whoa. That's what I have left to go in 30 days to make it happen. So that is a lot. That those those are all of the notes and things for the remaining chapters in the book. Well, I I, I wish you good luck and I hope you finish it soon. I I think I'll make it. It's it as long as I keep at it, I'll be fine. I'm actually able to work on it at work now. They've given me so little work that I I got time at work all day. So your right, tax you, dollars you, are fun, fun, funding my book. You can work on it at work. Just when the boss comes by, just change the computer screen. No, actually, when he comes by, he's like, what you doing? And he sees oh. all the cool pictures and stuff. He's like, oh, that must be your next book. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'd fire you. Go ahead. I'd fire you, man. Go I'd ahead. Fire you. I'd fire <laughs> you, and you'd owe me 30 days of work, man. You'd owe me 30 days of salary. Nope, nope, nope. But you can fire me. I'll just retire. All right, all right. Hey, guys, I got a problem with my rotor, with my satellite rotor. The asthma's not turning. Well, hang on. Are you going to bring Brett in here first? I'm going to bring him in here in a minute. I'm just, get, I'm just greasing the skids here for everybody. Oh, okay. If anybody out there has got a Yezu G5500DC, come in the chat room. I want to talk to you. All right. I've got let's, a 5400. Go Say what? i got a 5400. Well, probably about the same. They're about it's the probably, same. It's an, it's an AC. That's an AC motor. i got a DC motor. Uh, the 5400 is a DC motor. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You're thinking the G450 versus the G800 azimuth rotor. Boy, I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's bring in our special guest tonight. We had to find somebody. We had to find somebody that's an expert on one of our subjects tonight. We'll tell you what that subject is in a few minutes. But let's bring in uh, Brett. How you, how you doing, Brett? Come on uh, in here. Good evening, Tom. I'm doing well. Cool, man. It's good to have you tonight. I know it's kind of short notice, but uh, you came through, man. You came through. And, and again, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for all your help down in Huntsville a couple weeks ago, man. Hey, how do you like the Huntsville? Do you think you'll go back? Huntsville was a blast, and I do want to go back. And thank you very much. To, thanks very much to you and Kathy for your hospitality. It was very, you know, it was a little, in, you know, a little intimidating, but it was very friendly. You know, once once we got once I got in there, it was just uh, wonderfully friendly and social ham fest. I really did enjoy it. And I also went up before the ham fest. I went up to the Poda party at Montesano, um, which is a state park uh, near downtown Huntsville. And there was a whole crew of, of, of YouTubers up there and, uh, and a, lot of, a lot of hams camping, doing rustic camping and, uh, and, and getting, out, uh, get, getting out on the bands. And it was a lot of fun up there, too. Well, that's yeah, great, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you could make it this year. And, you know, hey, th this was probably a pretty good South Ham Fest. I mean, Wyoming, you're, you're in Wyoming out there. And you guys almost, your population of Wyoming is almost about what the Ham Fest was. So... Y'all can't have a very big ham fest out there in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. We try to get people up from Colorado, and yeah. uh, actually, we we did get uh, we, we did triple our population with people coming from Colorado for the eclipse. Not for the last state ham fest, but we still did have a, a good crowd. And uh, Joe Eisenberg came up and uh, <clears throat> did some presentations, so we have a good time. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's great. Uh, hey, just while we're mentioning Huntsville, Huntsville did set a record this year. 
Uh, their attendance was 5,642. 5,642. They had uh, 53 vendors, 161 flea market spaces. No, 161 flea market vendors. They had 429 tables out there and 32 forums. I don't know, Glenn and Bill uh, were part of those forums too. So, hey, I'm glad you liked it and I'm glad you're going to come back here next year. Well, it's, it's, it's a cool one here. Yes, it took me two days to go through all of the tables, find all oh, of wow. the yeah. cool swag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think next year I'll just put Glenn in charge of the whole, uh, uh, you know, webcast and I'll take two days and look around at the tables because I, I missed it. So. I missed it, you know. Now, that's not going to work because I spent two whole days going mm. through all the tables and still finding stuff. Oh, man. I don't know how I missed that uh, tuner that Brett got, that SG-237 oh, yeah. or whatever, 239. Whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how I missed that one. Yeah. Hey, I just see Doc uh, just came in, WA4YYM, Don, Don Johnson, uh, Cleveland, Tennessee. He was the winner, as mentioned earlier. He was the winner of the CAA 500. Doc, I, I, I think that thing was delivered already. Doc, uh, did you get your CAA 500? Tell us in the chat room if you if you received it already, and uh, hopefully uh, you've used it there. All right. Well, very good. Hey, Brett, thanks, man, for uh, joining us uh, tonight and also for helping us uh, out at the uh, ham fest. And let me just move on to some of the topics we got tonight. Uh, hey, one of the things we're going to talk about tonight, guys, with, with uh, Brett is VPN. And uh, with ham radio, I think it's becoming uh, more and more dependent, or maybe not dependent, but more and more uses for the internet, for ham radio and, and the internet. So we're going to talk a little about VPN. I'm starting to get a little interested uh, in that and um, talk about what it might do for you. And Don says no. Don says supposed to be here today, but no show. Oh, man, Don. Oh, uh, Don, that's because I drove by your house this afternoon. You picked it up off his porch? I picked it up off his porch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doc, uh, it'll be there tomorrow, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was sent with my old company, FedEx, so no telling when it's going to get there. I'll tell you, man. Whew. When I was there, the company ran a whole lot better. I can tell you that right now. Mm. Well, they also did a lot lower volume than they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when did FedEx deliver on Sundays? Well, I don't know, but I remember... I remember when we did 100,000 packages, and uh, we had a big deal then. But, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're in the millions now, millions a night, man. Yeah. Woo. Okay. Okay. All right. So, hey, guys, um, I mentioned the Hamcation tickets. If, you, if you're interested in Hamcation tickets, send me an email. That way I'll put you in a special hat, and we'll draw a name for our Hamcation tickets. I've got a couple sets of tickets. Uh Hey, just a quick note, if you guys want to monitor it, the, the Hurricane WatchNet is uh, going to be active, I think, tomorrow, if it's not already active. Probably uh, should be active now. I've I, got a friend that lives yeah. down there, and she said the bands are already coming through Orlando. Yeah. So on 14.325, 14.325 or, or 72.68, 
and that's the uh, Hurricane WatchNet. And uh, there's some interesting things. We had last year, we had uh, a ham from, uh, I forget his name, but we had a ham from New Jersey, I think, came on the show. He actually contacted uh, people through the Hurricane WatchNet, and they actually um, uh, arranged for a rescue of some people that were stuck at their home. And that was that went through the uh, Hurricane WatchNet. And uh, I'm sure there are going to be many more calls like that probably this year. All right, I'm still looking for anybody on DMR. Call me at 31693, talk group 31693. Um, so um, I thought, Glenn, Glenn, you probably know more about this than me or anybody because um, you... Uh, You've been involved in the virtual virtual ham expo for a number of years, and something new has evolved out of the virtual ham expo, and that's QSO Today Academy. And that's going to be coming up September 8th through the 10th. They're going to have 25 top quality presentations there, and uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. And you're not taking part in that, Glenn? No, they didn't have an Arduino track this year. Okay. Uh, it's focusing primarily on introductory ham radio uh, kind of things. And uh, I've known Eric for a while. 4Z1UG is the uh, coordinator of that whole thing. And the QSO Today Expos and everything that he's done have always been top-notch. And when they haven't, they've made an effort. And the next time around, they fixed all of the issues. And it's really a, a, a nice-looking uh way they do this um i've enjoyed doing my forums with them in the past so i'm looking forward to seeing how this thing goes but he's doing a really good thing by bringing the education to the, to the masses here with this and i'm really liking that yeah hey you know i mentioned and glenn you're probably an expert on this because uh -oh. you're you're familiar. You're very, two topics that I'm an expert. Yeah, in? Where you hit them all. Two topics tonight. That nothing for the future shows. But we're gonna hit both I've topics got tonight. So, you know, I mentioned uh, my Yezu rotor. Yeah. The azimuth is not turning. The elevation is turning. So it's a pretty simple layout, actually, Glenn. And I know you've designed and built this and understand it. But let's see. I've got a picture here. I'm gonna throw up here. I think that's it. Here you go. It's pretty simple. Uh, this is what's out at the out at the rotor. There's the motors out there. It's a 26 volt DC motor, and it's got a uh, potentiometer in there that actually uh, it, it sends the information back as far as the the azimuth position. Right. So, Glenn, uh, I've checked out of my out of my controller here. When I go right or left, I'm getting either plus 26 volts or minus 26 volts out. So that tells me I'm sending the correct voltage out toward the motor. Okay. Right. So now I'm seeing only one axis there, though. You see what? Well, I'm seeing only one axis and one motor. You say that? Well, yeah. There's there's another almost identical to this for the elevation. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with that. The elevation is working. This is uh, this is this is just the part I'm concerned with. Just so, the azimuth. This is the azimuth's not working. So uh, I'm sending 26 volts out. 
So I, I, you know, I don't have a blown fuse or anything like that. So I know I'm sending the right voltage out. And of course, it's a DC motor. So one polarity is going to go one way, the other polarity is going to go the other way. Right. And of course, you got your your in limit switches there with the diodes across them, which allows you to you know reverse the reverse the motor once you hit the limit. Mm-hmm. So so I'm thinking, okay, I'm sending the 26 volts out, but what if the cable has come off the motor out there? I can send 26 that's, volts out, right? But it that's a possibility. Turn. You know, that's what Mark's saying in the chat room yeah, is yeah. the wirings not so, connected to so the motor. So I can put. Uh, I can I can put my ohmmeter on on the pins four and five that the, the the two wires that go out to the motor, and I read continuity. Right. I read continuity, so I feel the motor's connected. Then your next step would be the motor may be frozen. Yeah, yeah. Those are not high torque motors, and mine freeze if I let them sit too long, and I just need to rotate them end to end uh, to loosen them up a little bit. Well, I so, thought also, well, hey, maybe it is turning, and maybe the uh, resistor is just uh, disconnected in some way, and it's not that's indicating. That's another, another thing. You can turn it but I checked between pin 1, 2, and 3, and uh, it looks like the potentiometer is all there. So so uh, my next step is to go out there and beat on the rotor and maybe have Kathy here press the button. I'll go out there and see if I hear it humming. Maybe right. Maybe I try to twist it or something, but... Uh, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I mean, that, I probably have just a hey. That, yeah, that's, that's a brand that new rotor, setup. That's you expensive got. rotor. That's like nine hundred bucks, man, for this rotor. Oh yeah, that's expensive. So I'm a little disappointed that this happened. Um, but if you've got voltage going out to the motor, I'd get you know I'd go to the other end and unplug that cable and see if I got the voltage there. I know you said you read resistance, but I don't wouldn't trust that as being the actual motor. Maybe it's a short or something. Oh, yeah, possible. Yeah, I can do that. But I, I would, I, I would easily... go out there and verify that you've got the the voltage coming to the motor. I think, and if then, I, had, I think if I had a short across here, my twenty six volts would be kind of. You bad. would think. I I think you'd be kind of. Yeah, you think. But you know, the the answer right there would be you know, um, if you've got the voltage at the motor and the motor's yeah. not turning, then you've, it's frozen. I think it's stuck. Because it would turn whether the position sensor was working or not. Right, right. You just would not see a position value. Right. So, so if the position is not working, you'll notice that the minute, you know, you could bump it and hold it for a couple seconds, go out and see if it's moved. If it has, then you do have a positioner issue. Now, you know, yeah, Mark, thing, his antennas thing, are one, not one too thing, heavy for this. One thing that's come to my mind right now let me think through this. Let's say one of those diodes across the, the uh, limit switch. Let's say one of those diodes went bad and it went over to the side and it stopped. Of course. Are it, you sure that's the orientation of the diodes in the circuit? Well, I looked at the schematic. That's kind of what they show. Oh, okay. So uh, let's just say one of the diodes went bad across the open switch, the switch it opens. It goes all the way to the end, the switch opens, but the diode's bad. Now I can't send reverse voltage in it to, to turn the motor the other way. So the only thing I hadn't checked, I haven't checked continuity both directions, you know? Well, that's the thing. I would go all the way out to the end, yeah. unplug, unscrew that connector, 
and put your voltmeter in on the pins that drive the motor and see if it does go positive and negative. That will solve your diode question. Yeah, yeah. When a DC motor gets stuck, very often it gets stuck with the commutator right on the edge. And so it can be it can be almost a dead short. Looks like current is flowing, but it's not going to move until you unstick it. Yeah. You know, I didn't measure any current. Hmm. Oh, if the, and if there's uh, no know, current, could, it doesn't take, matter if there's uh, voltage. I could take one of the wires off and put an amp meter in there, milliamp meter, and I could I could watch the current both directions. That would tell me if it's if both diodes are good. If I, if I got current going both directions. Okay, so my next step is to go up on the roof and try to nudge it. I I think it's stuck. And my only worry that, that is would be the logical my thing. My only worry is if it got stuck like that, how many other times is it going to get stuck? That's my other. Well, if I don't use mine on a regular basis, it does get stuck. But mine's probably a 20-year-old rotor. It's the G5400. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm going to try to get up here tomorrow and, 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 and do that. Yeah, and so, N7XGR is asking what's the resistance. It should be... 500 ohms between yep. one and three. Yep, I got and 500. And two I, is the wiper, so that'll vary. Yeah, I got 500 uh, across one and three. That and, says that those are got, connected got, correctly. I've got the two uh, between one and two, and between two and three, they add up to 500. So yeah. So you know that I know that part's good. I'm gonna bet it's something on the motor drive side, and since mine notorious sticks, then I'm gonna bet yours is sticking too. Well, that's sickening. I can tell you right now. Sickening. I yep. don't like it. May have a, may have to have a little chat with Yesu because yours is you brand new, them. isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have you contact him for me. Okay. Well, guys, no, no, no. Talk you don't want me it. contacting guys, him. Hey, I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I find out tomorrow uh, on this. And uh, so far, so far, no calls on three one six nine three. No calls. Let me see here. This is W5KUB, talk group 31693. Anybody out there? Maybe nobody's on DMR anymore. I don't know. Okay. I never got on it, so I can't help you there. Well, I bought this little IP radio because it was so easy to go D-Star Fusion, whatever, just, mm -hmm. you know. No, hit, I like the it. fact that it does them all. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, well, wait a minute. Hmm, I saw the screen change. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, hey, just a couple of things I've been reading about this week. NASA needs your help. Uh, there'll be more information coming, but, you know, the we've mentioned on the show here the, the um, eclipse that's coming up April 8th. Um, NASA's collecting a lot of information, I think, on propagation and how the uh, how the eclipse might change the ionosphere and uh, how it will affect propagation. Now, let's see. Yeah, Brett's got a good yeah, one there. Yeah, I see that. I see that. India, yeah, India landed on the moon. That, that is cool, man. And uh, I think the same day the Russians tried to land it and they crashed. I <laughs> you know, on the very same day that India made their, yeah, yeah, didn't India have a a live stream of the landing externally? I've seen some videos. Uh, they got some nice, pretty color videos of uh, of it there. 
Yeah. Yep, they had a live stream and they had the prime minister on. Oh, yeah. 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 Very cool. And they landed near the South Pole, too, which is an area no one's ever landed up on, on before. That's interesting because they think there's water there. Really? Yeah, hmm. and if there's water there, that means they could establish a colony and astronauts wouldn't have to haul their water. You think your cool. water is the same as our water? Uh, <clears throat> well, the moon supposedly is a chunk of the Earth, so it must have come from here. It may be. My have. Yeah, now the question is, is it hard or soft water? Hmm. And how much water? There might be just a little puddle there, you know? They don't know yet. They yeah. Don't know, they don't, know. <laughs> don't know. Just the mere fact that there's water on the moon would be an amazing thing. Yeah. <clears throat> well, hey, if it is, that's where they can get your rocket fuel now, man. You know, get the hydrogen out, get the oxygen out, you know. All right. Hey, uh, let's see what time it is. Let's do this. We'll be right back in just a moment. And uh, we're going to talk about some VPN stuff for ham radio. That's just what you're looking for. We have top quality base stations, mobiles, and handhelds that are perfect for working your favorite bands. Icom's newest amateur FM transceiver is the IC V3500. With a compact body and simple interface, this radio is a must for those looking for a long-range mobile with a fresh look. The ICT-10 is a rugged portable that meets or exceeds standard military testing. With an IP67 waterproof rating, the ICT-10 can withstand any field activities ahead. Hear transmissions and listen to FM broadcasts with the loud 1500 milliwatt speaker. The IC705 is a perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionality at the tip of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs just over 2 pounds with an RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and the IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on icon radios okay hey glenn just a quick question man uh, i know you've been doing some secret bluetooth stuff for the arrl right glenn can you... uh yes i have yeah look hey here's this month's uh qst and uh there's uh, the youth is on here let me see if i can get the glare off that uh-huh they must have a bluetooth radio because there's absolutely no power connection and no antenna connection on the on the radio gear, so it must be using something you've designed there. Yeah, that's a, a new technology. It's called uh, Power Over Bluetooth. It's okay. very similar to Power Over Ethernet, only you can send the power wirelessly. It's based on the Tesla style of power. So yeah, it's it's running wireless power, you know, through the through the air there. Uh, I'm trying to get the the power over Bluetooth and power over Bluetooth, RF yeah. over Bluetooth. Yeah, so RF that's, over Bluetooth. That's, 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 well, Bluetooth is RF, so well it it is. Yeah, there's a repeater on the other side of the room that takes the Bluetooth and repeats it on HF. Yeah, what frequency is Bluetooth? Uh, 2.4 gig. Oh, so it's Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, and we got ham band in the first six channels, so it's all legal. All right, all right. Hey guys, uh, hey Britt, we can run on. a kilowatt. Britt, come on in here, Britt, and let's let's talk. Hey guys, I I started looking at uh, I started looking today at some VPN stuff. I've never really used the VPN myself, uh, but I started started looking at one provider out there. It's fairly affordable, a couple bucks a month, and the one I'm looking at. Uh, has no limit on the number of devices that you can connect. So, and it works on your your phone and your your Apple and your iPad and your PC. It works on everything. So I'm getting a little interested in that. Uh, I know uh, VPN, and we're going to talk with with Brett here, and he's going to tell us some of the things that Mike can help us with. I know when we were swatted, when we were swatted a couple years ago. Uh, the perpetrator, just calling my perpetrator, yeah, the perpetrator that swatted us uh, used a VPN connection from Wales uh, to the police department to to report that uh, I had shot Katie Allen in the face with a 12-gauge shotgun. So anyway, that's a totally different story. We had a lot of fun that night, guys, on the show. So... But it was traced. My FBI guys here locally got involved, and uh, after some time, they were actually able to trace it back and find a guy and go get him. So let's talk about VPN, and hopefully none of us are going to be making SWAT calls. Let's use it for a legitimate ham radio uh, uh, purpose here. Hey, Brett, uh, what can we use it for, and do we need it? Okay, well, let's let's talk about what a VPN is first. Uh, VPN, the abbreviation stands for Virtual Private Network. And what it basically is is it lets your computer tunnel through the Internet and pop up on some other network somewhere else at the other end. And so that's the virtual part. It's kind of like a Star Trek transporter for your for your computer. It can be somewhere else virtually without physically being there. And then there's the private part. Um, the data that flows through it is encrypted so that people can't spy on what's going through and you know you can only you can, you can only log in if you've got uh, if, if you've got a, the, the right password and the right credentials so it's private because nobody else can interfere with that connection and you can go into a private network you don't you can't it's not just you can pop out somewhere else on the internet you can also go into a private network at the office or at your home or in your shack and uh, get in there where the, the rest of the internet couldn't go because your firewall would block it. So uh, that's the private part. And there's all kinds of uses for this uh, that, you know, for, for everybody and for hams in particular. Now, I work by day as an internet provider, so I set these up and I use them every day. Um, a, uh, so so what, I, what I use it for is if I'm out of town, when I went to Huntsville, for example, and there's some one of my customers had trouble back at home. I could use the VPN to tunnel back into the network, uh, uh, the the uh, ISP network that I run, and take a look at the radios on that uh, on that wireless network. And because I'm a wireless ISP, and see it, are the radios up? Are they down? Is the customer's router up? Is it down? So I could get back in, and I could do the wor I could do work not only in my office, but also all over the ISP network. And I could still be in Alabama at the same time. So that was, it was a lot of fun being able to do that. Now for hams, um, 
<clears throat> the reason why you probably want to use that uh, is, uh, well, two, twofold. First thing is, a lot of rigs have remote control. And now you, you can buy ICOM software off the shelf that will control your rig. You can buy third-party software for uh, a lot of rigs and control your, uh, your rig at home no matter where you are in the world. Now, that's great, but uh, the FCC is not going to look kindly upon it if uh, somebody gets a hold of your rig and starts messing around and start doing, th doing things that, that isn't legal. So, um, you want to set up a VPN for yourself. This wasn't something you'd buy a service to do. This is something you would set up for yourself so that you can tunnel back from elsewhere into your own network in order to do that. Now, that really isn't that hard to do. Uh, when you buy a router, a lot of the time the router will have a VPN server built into it. And all you need to do is turn that on and put in a password, you know, you, they're, they're there's a little skill involved in configuring it, but there are instructions all over the net. Um, you can make it so that your, your router becomes a VPN server, and if you know its IP address, um, you've got a public IP, you can tunnel in there and then you can control your rig and nobody else can even get into your home network. You're not tearing down your firewall, so you still got some security. Um, you can also control other stuff in your home. You can check. Uh, you can check your thermostat. You can. Uh, you can look at your. You can. You can look at your security system. So also all sorts of other things like that that are useful. And going the other way, um, a lot of a lot of ham clubs will set up a will set up a rig that members of the club can get into from from elsewhere, and they'll set up a VPN so that only the members will have a password to use the rig's equipment. And uh, there are there are ones I know that uh, south of just south of where I am in Laramie in Colorado, they have uh, they have some rigs that people can use if they're a member of the right club and they got the right credential, so they can go out there and do that. And then there's more general stuff. Uh, you can uh, if you if you tunnel through the internet and you come out somewhere else, and this is this is something that you may need to to sign up with a service for. You can get around the region coding on things like uh, certain videos. It's not supposed to, you know it, it's only supposed to be published in a certain country. Or if you want to see uh, games that are black, you know sports games that are blacked out in one country that are visible in another. So there's a lot of things you can do with it that are that are, that are really not ham related, but uh, the things I just mentioned are the things that hams would be most interested in doing with it. Well, yeah, I'm interested in a couple of things, um, both ham radio and just like you mentioned, the capability of uh, uh, getting getting maybe some of the uh, videos out there that are blacklisted for your region. For instance, if there's a football, a big football game being played in Memphis nationwide, I mean, they, they may have it blocked here locally. And uh, I guess it's possible maybe go out, get, disconnect with a different VPN server, and it thinks you're there, and you can watch the game. Is that right? Yeah. Um, if you have a if you have a friend who isn't blacked out, and that friend sets up a VPN server, you can watch the stream live. If that uh, friend has a uh, video recorder, they can record the game for you, and you can come in later and get it too. Uh, so yeah, yeah there's yeah. A, a lot of things you can circumvent. Um, when I have used it in the past, don't tell anybody. Um, I've wanted to see shows that the BBC would only show in uh, in the UK, and I couldn't I couldn't see them here in the United States without going through a VPN there. And so I had friends who would who would let me into their networks and let me monitor things from there. I would pop up in England, and the BBC would think I was in England. Yeah. 
Well, you know, uh, uh, I think it's called split tunnel or something where, you know, there there are some companies that maybe won't let you come in if you're on VPN, right? I mean, you just you can't you can't get into them. There are a lot of companies that try to block VPNs, and that's the thing. A lot of people advocate using VPNs to hide who you are as a, you know, if you're doing something that you don't want people to know about. Well, the authorities know where you're coming out if you tunnel through a commercial VPN. If you go through one of those services, they know what the uh, the IP address you're going to have is at the exit point. And so they can track you down if you try to do something nefarious, like, you know, like SWAT, some, you know, someone like, you know, like happened to Tom. Yeah. Um, uh, and and uh, by the same token, the video services and other services that want to restrict their services to a particular region, they try to do that too. And uh, they use they they use services which try to spot VPN exit points and try to block them, but so it's a game of cat and mouse. Uh, you know, pe- people in pe- people who are inside uh, inside the People's Republic of China um, try to use VPNs to get out and and get you know get news which the government is blocking and the government keeps on trying to to turn that off as well. So there's a lot of cat and mouse going on, but uh, you know, it, it, <clears throat> there is there is some legitimate usefulness to it yeah well uh, what i was mentioning a minute ago was that maybe uh, maybe your bank or something if if you're running vpn you might not be able to get into your bank for some reason i don't know and i think uh the one i was looking at it gives you the ability to split i guess it's called split tunnel where you can have vpn and then if you want to you can identify this particular site i guess is a non-vpn site where uh, you'll be able to still access that site. Yeah. Well, well, what a split tunnel is, is it's a mechanism which says if you're going to certain addresses on the Internet, um, go through go through the VPN tunnel. But if you're going to other ones, don't do that. Right. That's right. If you're tunneling in instead of tunneling out, that happens pretty much automatically. Like if you suppose you're you're out you're out there and you tunnel into your home. Um, only the traffic that goes to the IP addresses in your home, which are probably not even, they're, they're not registered addresses on mm. the Internet, only that traffic is going to go through the VPN. Um, where it gets more difficult to do the split is when you're going outward through the VPN to the Internet, then you have to specify, but not if you're tunneling inward to a network, like a, a, you know, it, for example, if you're ham controlling your rig. Yeah. So... It, it gives you a level of protection that you don't have, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not doing it now. Um, you can password protect your remote base and all that kind of stuff, but if a guy gets into your network, he can, he can do a lot of things. He may, not get on your, he may not get on your remote base, but if he gets into your home network, I guess that's an issue. Yeah, well, that's why it's important to use a strong password and a, and a good VPN. I mean, even the weakest VPN is not that easy to break into. There's a protocol, which was the easiest VPN to set up, of course, which is called PPTP, which nowadays a lot of people don't use and some carriers even block because they say it's not secure. Well, if you pick a good, strong password, even PPTP is still good. But there are fancier ones uh, you know, like 
Um, SSH tunneling is a good example, of a very strong one. There's something called IPsec that's still in wide use. There's one called OpenVPN, which is completely free and runs on almost anything. And then there's another one now called WireGuard, which is really easy because you can leave it set up on your computer all the time, wherever you go, and it will just sort of automatically connect you. All you need to do is go to the, uh, go to the address you've set up and you're home. So there are a lot of choices and, you know, there's a lot of tutorials out there on the net that will explain all these different options and what you can do with them. So I, I guess the different options need to be kind of geared to what you're looking for. And I don't know what I'm looking for. I did notice that the, the company I'm looking at is called Shark. It's called uh, mm -hmm. Surfshark. Surfshark. And I think uh, I did read where they have four different type um I guess VPN systems like you just mentioned. Do you know which one is best? I, I yeah, maybe you get to select which one you want to use. A lot of it will. Yeah, if you mean VPN systems, which protocol you use to tunnel, that will probably depend on your computer and which one you have the software for. For instance, as I mentioned, a lot of them don't do PPTP, so you, if your computer uses that, you you won't be able to do it. Um, there's another one called L2TP, Layer 2 Tunneling Protocol, which is a little more secure, and you can set that one up fairly easily. OpenPPN and WireGuard, again, are the latest things. Um, they're all, like I said, someone really has to want to get you to, to want to break in. And so if, you're, if, if what you're worried about is secrecy, I don't think you should worry too much. Um, so unless I, you're I doing something looked. really nefarious, no one's going no, no one's going to even try to break uh, break into your connection. Yeah, I have seen before uh, the VPN option on a number of the uh, wireless routers that I've I've used. In fact, I've got a I've got a whole tub of wireless routers here. I need to get rid of some of them. But I've seen the uh, the VPN option before and just never have used it. Once you set that VPN, and you're saying it's as simple as assigning a password, do you, do you have to um, do you have to run some type of client on on all your other PCs and telephones and things like that? Yeah, yes, you do. But the good news is that the client is built into most of them. If uh, if you have a if you have a VPN server on your router and uh, most brands of routers have it, but uh, if they don't, what you can do is you can load in third-party software. Uh, for example, you can use uh, one that I use a lot is called Fresh Tomato, which will work on any any router that has a chipset made by Broadcom in it, and that has a really nice VPN server. You just turn it, you just check the box to turn it on. You give it a username and a password and a, and an address that it's going to have inside the network. The address you're going to pop out at, and uh, then it's pretty much done. Then you just get your P your PC um, will have a menu which lets you set up a new VPN connection, and you can just go to that menu and do that. Um, there are some you need a special client for, um, but if you do, it's uh, usually fairly easy to download that, and there are instructions out there. Um, I could I could give it a tutorial on each one, but just yeah. in general, it's it's not that hard to set up. And even again, the simplest kind of, uh, of VPN you can set up is one that's called an SSH tunnel. Mm -hmm. What SSH is is if you want to have a terminal on a, on a system somewhere else that that run you know that runs something like Unix, and uh, your routers most routers these days run Linux under the hood. Mm 
And so you turn on the you, you turn on the uh, the server inside your router that does SSH, and then you use an SSH client on your computer, and you tunnel in and you set it up so whenever you try to access something that looks like it's on your own computer, it tunnels through and comes out inside the network at the other end. It's called SSH forwarding, and it takes maybe about five ten minutes to set up. Yep. And it's really good for tunneling through to to a uh, to a a ham rig or you know one particular device. It's not as good if you want to if you have lots of things you want to contact because you have to set up all their addresses individually. But if there's one thing you want to control, you can do it in a few minutes. Yeah, well, I use uh, <clears throat> for my uh, website. I use a company called SiteGround. Maybe you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. SiteGround and. Uh, uh, we built the we built our own Google Map up to track our our balloons and put it on there and it was a little complicated for me to get going but where you I, I use Putty and I think we set up SSH, SSH using Putty to get into the server and uh, anytime I brought Putty up it would automatically connect right to that server through SSH. Yep, with Putty, you do it once, and then yep. you save your configuration, and every time you start up Putty and log in that particular place, then the VPN comes up automatically. Right, right. So, and that's what was I, I actually use that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So you, 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 got some, you had some software you said called Fresh Tomato. Where do they, they come up with names like this, man? Uh, well, that tomato. one has a history behind it. No, uh, this, this, this fun fellow created a... Created firmware for third-party firmware for routers, open source firmware that was called Tomato. And after a while, he got tired of running the uh, the software project and kind of, you know, for a few years didn't update it. And so some other people took the code and took it over because it was public and started a, start, started what they call a fork of Tomato. And they called it because they wanted to distinguish it and say, hey, we're working on it again. They called it Fresh Tomato. Uh, but there are also several others. There's open. There's also Open WRT. The yeah. WRT comes from the name of the old Linksys routers. Oh, yeah. You know, you used to yeah. get. Yeah. Um, there is also something called DDWRT. Right, and I've got oh. I've got a router where we loaded the DDWRT on it. Yeah, and it it does mm -hmm. a lot of neat things. They all have VPN servers in them. Yeah, yeah. So this, this, it's really if you're if you're running that software on your router already, it's extremely easy. And uh, if you're not, again, some commercial routers will have a VPN server built into them, so you may not even need to, well, to run the my, open source. Uh, my son is on here down in Texas. He just moved down here, Houston, and he he uh, he's in, I don't know, information security, whatever, you know, over my head. You know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he's talking about this, buy a Meraki uh, Z1 for 40 or 50 bucks. Buy a five-year license for 125 bucks. Now you have a cloud-based cloud VPN. Configure one side and then take the other piece and plug it in any network and bam. What do you think? Well, uh, it's uh, it's it's a neat. Meraki has some neat stuff. Uh, yeah. Meraki and Ubiquity have uh, do. Big, fan, you know, do, do uh, equipment which lets which let you do very fancy institutional Wi-Fi networks. Yeah. Um, you don't need to spend that much though, uh, unless you unless you're running that kind of a network. I, I would I'd say you know do that definitely if you have a if you have a company and you wanna and you wanna get into your company's network and and do that. But if you're an individual, you know, the open source stuff is free, and you know, so so I, so I would go with that rather than buying the license. 
Yeah, okay. Well, fresh tomato, huh? I, I want to hear the story a little later if we have time, but uh, let me throw out a story. Uh, when I worked with FedEx, you know, FedEx was a very big company. We had, you know, hey, I think our employee count now is up to like 600, 800,000 people. But anyway, uh, our IT group, uh, we had so many different departments, and we finally, I guess to try to control costs, they, they, uh, they put a department together that we're going to be the department that, that uh, orders software for you. You know, we don't want everybody out there ordering stuff. We're going to kind of standardize stuff. We're going to order it for you. So in early days, back when, you know, web design was just, just happening and we needed, I needed an HTML editor. So I go to them and I say, you know, I want this $39 software. Go buy it. And it was called uh, Hot Dog. And uh, they, they were in a big meeting one time and talking about all the stuff they had to put up with. And they said, well, Tom Medlin, you never, you never believe this, Tom Medlin ordered a piece of software called Hot Dog. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was made by a company called Sausage. So I don't know, I guess probably names have changed a little bit since then. That was the early days, you know? Yeah. I actually had that too. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's probably a reference to not wanting to see sausage made. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably so. Yeah, it was it was real simple web ed- web page editing software. Yeah, well, when I want to do a really simple web page, I still use something called Mozilla Composer, Composer with a K for some reason, mm. because it's just really easy and it's visual, and you can just type your web page and be done, and it's free. I'll have to look into that. Uh, I have I have moved everything to WordPress. So WordPress uh, WordPress is a little bit different now. They got a block editor and everything is done in blocks, and it's I mean, it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, I'm no oh, WordPress is a lot more sophisticated, and of course you can also go to something like Wix, and they will give you templates for your whole website. You need yeah. to do very little in order to put up a nice looking one. Yeah. All right, so let's say we all of us hams we have we have internet routers and access points in the house now, and let's say I've got the VPN option here. I can check that. I, I I'm sure it'll kind of lead me through some of the things I would need to do, either turn on or turn off or whatever. Uh, I'm a little concerned about like I have Xfinity here for my internet, and uh, you know it's cable, Xfinity, Comcast, whatever you want to call it. Um, so if I could turn on VPN here, uh, I would have to find it. I would like to try to get everything on VPN, uh, you know, the telephones, the, 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 the tablets, uh, all, you know, I mean, I got compute, I got so many computers around here, um, uh, that I'd like to put on, uh, probably wouldn't be any limit if I did it on my own router. You think that would be just as good as going out to some provider for VPN service? Well, it depends on what you're doing with a VPN. If you put it on your own router, that's really useful if you're tunneling into your network. Um, oh, whereas yeah, getting, yeah. getting the third-party service is useful if you're going out and you want to, uh, you, you, again, you want to, you want to defeat region coding or you, uh, or, or, or you want to disguise where you're coming from. Um, in that case, you know, you you can use the v, the VPN server, and again, you know, if you if you're trying to hide something nefarious, it might not work really well. But uh, if you're just if you're just trying to defeat region coding, it's worth it. Well, we, but we, no, don't pay it. If what you want to do is get to your own network from outside, 
um, the most you will have to pay for is a public static IP from your ISP. Um, a lot of places will give it to you for free. Some of them, well, they're not real happy if you do that. You can get around it with dynamic DNS yeah. and the, the IP no, address no, will no change. IP, no IP or something like that, right? Um, well, dynamic DNS is a little different. Dynamic DNS is where you, uh, where, where basically what what happens what happens is you have a you you have a domain w like w5kub.com, yeah. and your domain name server changes the IP addresses that are associated with the names when you tell it to. Yeah. And so even if your ISP changes your IP address on you, the uh, the domain name follows. And that's a nice thing to do if you have a VPN server, and they won't give you something that's static that stays put. Well, I've got uh, I've got some no IP accounts. Uh, like we've got a camera over at our home in North Carolina, you know. I mean, it, you know, the IP changes every time the power goes off or something. So, and mm -hmm. no IP, no IP allows us to use a a URL type and always get to the camera, you know. And I have one here too. So. Uh, so if I did that here, it'd be mainly inbound stuff. And uh, my understanding, too, is the VPN, the VPN services that I was talking about earlier, uh, they, they can block all this advertisement and different things coming back to you. you um, they, can't, they can't really block ads. As a matter of fact, uh, the VPN can't necessarily fully dis dis hide your identity. If you've got cookies in your browser... And you come out through the VPN at the other end, you know, the service, uh, you know, a service like Facebook is still going to spot those. Um, if they fingerprint your browser, that fingerprinting is still going to work and they're going to be able to identify you even if you're going through a VPN. That's what I was wondering so, because my reading, my reading, it was mentioning cookies and, and so forth. And it, it kind of seemed like in the text I was reading that, you're not going to have cookies anymore, and and uh, you're not going to be when you go surfing out there and you're looking up a vacuum cleaner. You're not going to be getting ads on a vacuum cleaner, you know, on your TV now. Uh, VPNs don't stop that. Mm. Uh, VPNs don't stop that because again, cookies are in your web browser. Your, your web browser, and no matter what IP you're coming from, if they manage to set a cookie on your web browser, they can track you. There's other ways to defeat that, but a VPN isn't one of them. Okay. Well, I got it. This is this is some good stuff tonight. So you got me thinking now that what am I doing? You know, and I don't know what I'm doing. So we'll yeah. be consulting with you here probably over the next uh, few weeks to uh, determine what we need yep. to do here. Well, again, a VPN is a you know is a good is a really good tool. But you know, it's uh, when just because you have a hammer, you know, everything shouldn't look like a nail. It's not the answer to everything. Um, it's answered. It's the answer to a couple of specific problems, or at least it works well at solving a couple of specific problems. Um, you can talk. We can talk about ad blockers and cookie blockers and other things as well. Uh, I use I use all of them, and yeah. I'm still not sure I'm protecting myself 100%. But I'm certainly protecting myself from a lot. All right, for all of our viewers out there may not know this, and I don't know if I'm saying this right or not, but Brett uh, started up a company that was the first internet wireless company. Is that right? Yeah, it, Wikipedia says so. Um, 31 years ago, I started up, just, just because the equipment became available, I started the world's first wireless ISP. 
what happened was that back then only one uh, only one place in in my town of Laramie, Wyoming had high speed internet, and that was the University of Wyoming. And for the whole entire campus, you know, ten thousand people, they had a T one line. Oh man! Which for the, the, those of you who don't know what that is, it had one point five megabits per second of internet. Hey, That's all D they DSL. had. Why didn't they put a DSL in? It'd been faster. Uh, that DSL didn't come along until uh, until nearly a decade later. Yeah. And cable modems came in after that. So people here wanted to get on the Internet at high speed. They wanted to run servers. So what we did was we partnered with the university, and we borrowed a little of their bandwidth and got them to increase it a little and paid for some of it. And then we set up wireless all over town. We used these, uh, we, we used these, these uh, computer cards, which are called WaveLAN which are sort of the great granddaddy of Wi-Fi. And we ran big, thick uh, LMR 400 cables up to the roof and put up 900 megahertz antennas because 900 megahertz was the first unlicensed band that you could run at, even if you weren't a ham, under Part 15. And we connected a bunch of, of, of people and businesses together. And it kind of grew from there. And here we are 31 years later. People are... Out of town, they're still out of reach of DSL. They're still out of reach of cable modem. Uh, they're not out of reach of satellite, but the satellite has high latency, and they don't want to put up with that. So we yeah. still, after all this time, we still broadcast to the entire county, and uh, we have a lot of loyal users to this day, uh, 5 megabits, 10 megabits, 20 megabits. We can do up to a gigabit for them if they want. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's something, man. And just today, I was up climbing a roof, putting up an antenna. Oh wow! Um, so you must have a lot of uh, a lot of good bandwidth now coming into that. I mean, yes, we have multiple gigabits, and while we're in Little Laramie, Wyoming, we have um, we have microwave running to fiber, and the fiber runs straight to Denver. So middle of the country, middle of the internet. And it, uh, once we get there, it's a couple of milliseconds to get anywhere else. But uh, And we're faster than the cable company, too, because the cable company goes all the way up to Montana, and then it goes to Seattle, so their connection isn't as fast as ours getting to the hub. Um, so, yeah, we have – and it's, it's fun to engineer. You know, I, I learned how to engineer microwave links. I, I used a lot of things which you – and, and a lot of ham radio skills carry over. Um, just because you can't transmit uh, a kilowatt uh, doesn't mean that it isn't useful uh, to, to, to understand radio and to have all the skills that you learn when you go and pass the tests. All right. Uh, okay, guys. Well, hey, I, I've learned something about uh, VPN tonight. I hope the people in the chat room have also learned a little about it. I'm going to have to go back and do some brush up and studying to... Uh, to, to see what they're saying now, because obviously I uh, either they were telling me a fib or I was not understanding it. Sounds like Brett has helped us to uh, clarify some of the things that they're, they're saying that they can do. Hey, I'm still waiting, guys. 31693, 31693, DMR. It's amazing. Nobody's called into the show yet. Yeah. Say the first one that calls you get a free ticket to Orlando. Free ticket to Orlando. Well, you may not need it, though, see. Hmm. Maybe spot yourself on Facebook? Um, let's see. What can I do? 
some radio station gave away, what's that candy bar, a million, isn't there one called a million dollars or something? What's that candy bar, Glenn? Uh, the $100,000 bar? $100,000. Somebody on the radio station won 100000 <laughs> And when they gave it to him there after he, you know, after he realized what he won, he, he won a candy bar, and he was really upset. <laughs> I would have been. All right. Hey. All right, hey, hey, Brett, tell us, tell us, tell us a story about the. Did you maybe I was asleep, but I didn't hear the story about the tomato software. Yeah, he said it. You fell asleep. I must have slept huh. right through it. Did he yep. really? Yeah. Well, again, uh, you know, just just quickly, uh, Tomato Linux was one of the uh, one of the early alternate operating systems for Linksys routers. Remember those little blue and, and black Linksys routers? I've I've got one here in the shack. I could yeah, get it for yeah. you. Uh, the yeah. old ones, the WR the WRT fifty four G. Yep. Seems those like are everybody big in the mesh I got a, Yeah, I got a whole bucket of them right here inside my closet. Uh huh. Well, they uh, people started uh, hacked into it and figured out how to out how to write their own operating systems for that one, and so a whole bunch of people started uh, started writing things. And there was DDWRT and OpenWRT and a few other WRTs, and uh, then one of the spinoffs of that was called Tomato Linux, and I think they called it Tomato Linux because the uh, because the user interface it was a tomato red oh, on a white gotcha, background. Gotcha. And uh, fellow maintained that for years and years, and as I said, he kind of burned out. This, this happens with open source software projects, and so uh, someone else turned, yeah, someone else took it over, took the code, started updating it again, and he started, you know, well, he was starting fresh, and so he called it Fresh Tomato. All right. And so this fellow named Pedro, if you look on the web, he's uh, and and he'll answer your emails if you if you contact him about it. Is, de is still developing Fresh Tomato. The last release was about April of this year. And those same routers, that WRT fifty four, along with uh, uh, some ubiquities, um, are what's used in the uh, the mesh networking stuff. And again, they they flash it with code very similar to the Fresh Tomato. Yep, Arden is based on OpenWRT. Although mm -hmm. lately they, they lately they've been moving away from Ubiquity hardware. They're moving now to Microtik because Microtik, Ubiquity yeah. Ubiquity tried to lock down their hardware so nobody could put any anyone else's code on it, and uh, Microtik was friendlier. But there still are a lot of uh, Arden networks uh, running the Ubiquity hardware. Mm -hmm. So I thought of another question. Let's go back real quick to our. Our topic here, uh, having having a VPN must also help protect you. For instance, if you're on your phone, you're on a Wi-Fi at McDonald's. Surely, if you've got that VPN client on there, somehow that's giving you some protection, isn't it, uh, Britt? It might give you a little. Um, nobody can tell where you're going or what you're doing if you go through the VPN, except they can tell you're using the VPN. On the other hand, if you're going to your bank, everything is heavily encrypted anyway. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, what you're worried about is people spying, that encryption and going to your bank's website is just as strong as the VPN's encryption. So there really isn't a net gain from that. Um, it's mainly if you want to hide what you're doing. Not so much if you if you if you're worried about the data being decrypted, right? Um, 
Yeah, that's what I was reading about it. You're, you're actually hiding what you're doing, where you're going, those type things. Yep, that's right. And uh, that might or might not be of interest to some, some hacker in a coffee house, but uh, you never know. Um, it will slow you down because if you're going all the way back to a VPN server and only then going out through the Internet, there's going to be more lag. So if you want to watch a video, don't use the VPN. That'll slow you down. Your video is probably going to buffer. That's not the use case for it. Okay. All right. Well, maybe I just need to hold off on my VPN then. I think they were promising me a lot more than I thought I was, that I thought I was going to get, and it sounds like maybe I'm not going to get as much as the they're promising to me. Well, they're trying to sell their service, and who knows? Maybe they'll offer you, along with the VPN service, maybe they'll offer you tips on how to install the cookie blocker. Maybe they'll give you tips on how to do the other things. But the VPN itself can only do so much. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Hey, let's uh, let's talk about something else here for a minute. Uh, I may be doing another balloon launch uh, maybe next month. I'm going to try. We've got a retirement center here, a brand new big retirement center uh, that's got a lot of people in it. And um, we've been invited to come over and give a little presentation and maybe launch a balloon. And that way, you know, when these guys in their, their robo chairs, you know, they, they can go outside and watch launch and then they can, they can uh, go back to the room and they can, you know, every day give them something to do maybe. I don't know. So we're, we're going to probably launch one here uh, maybe in about a month. Let me tell you where, where we are. You know, um, 113 is just doing amazing. Every day it's breaking, uh, breaking uh, ground and, and, you know, it's, it, we set a new record. Uh, here's where we are today. We're just near Madagascar. And uh, we're flying at, I don't know, what that, 40, about 46,000 feet, I think. The, the the altitude has been just perfect ever since launch day. We haven't lost a, a, any altitude at all. So um, that's one map there. If you want to see it in its entirety since launch, uh, here's another map that shows uh, how it's been flying. We've been up now, I think, 328 days. Our record, of course, was 320 days. We think. We think W5KV112 is still flying, but we think the transmitter just went bad on us. It was getting real weak, even though it was getting very weak, very weak, and almost no one picking it up. The altitude was still good, so we think the transmitter just, just quit on it. Uh, so 320 was the best that we could actually prove that we did. Uh, now 113 now is flying. It's reporting every day. So each day it reports a new position and uh, a new record. So we're at 328 days. We're going to hit a year. We'll hit one year with this flight. I'm almost certain we will. Uh, so uh, we're real happy about that. And uh, we, uh, we hope that uh, the one we launch next month stays up that long. Who knows? It may come down. It may come down in one week. Um, We've got hurricanes out there now, up in the uh, northern hemisphere, and uh, if we launch next next week, uh, it may try to pass over one of the hurricanes. And if it does, it's you know it's likely uh, it will bring it down. So, 
that's uh that's the status on that guy uh let's see I still think it's amazing that you know you're getting three hundred and twenty something days when I remember the first few launches we were lucky to get two days oh yeah, yeah, we were even lucky to to get out of the United States with them sometimes, yep. So uh, things have changed, man. You know, I, I know years of uh, years of experimentation and and techniques and stuff like that. I think has made a big improvement. Absolutely, it's cool. All right. Um, call what else guy. you got on that list? The what? What else oh, you got I, on well, your list? Well, I don't know. Like, you know, hey, just some odds and ends. Hey, do you know QRZ is thirty years old now? Wow. 30 years old, man, QRZ. Everybody takes that for granted. You, you know, you put your call yeah, letters. Yeah, we do. You take your call letters, you look you look the guy up, you know, it's all there. We didn't have computers back then, did we? You know, I mean, back, well, we did 30 years ago, but back when I started, we didn't. We had the, the ham radio call book, you know. Exactly. It was about, it was about this size, but it was about, it was about three quarters of an inch thick. It came out. They come out quarterly or every half, uh, twice a year. I don't remember now. I think it came out once a year, and they did quarterly updates. Nah, really. Mm. Yeah, because I remember it was like this thick for the United States, and yeah. then they would send out updates every so often. I well, want to say wanted, those were quarterly. If you wanted the uh, international call book, that cost you extra too. So, that was you know, extra as well, yeah. You know, 1964, we bought a call book, and that's what I used the rest of the time, man, until the internet exactly. came around. You, know, you couldn't afford one every uh, every year. Yeah, Don's yeah. saying quarterly. It came out quarterly. I think, yeah, quarterly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but Papa Doc snuck in on us. Yeah, you must have been asleep. I, I I mentioned he was in here. Oh, I must have been asleep. Yeah, remember he his prize. You 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 even commented his prize didn't. Oh get yeah, there. he won the comment. I know. I wanted that thing. Yeah, his his prize didn't make it today. Although it was yeah, that's to. right. Yeah, your memory's getting like mine, man. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, you got to remember, I'm up at five a.m. now on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got up at eight a.m. this morning. Well, pretty soon I'll be there when I get to retire like you. Well, I had to get up at 8 a.m. this morning because the irrigation guy was coming here, and I didn't. I hate it when somebody rings the doorbell and I'm still sleeping, man. Yeah, doesn't you know, that, you that's jump just up, you know, where's my glasses? Uh, you know, you're sleepy, your hair's sticking up. Uh, got to, you know, put some clothes on, got to run to the door. And then, then you got to figure out how to turn the alarm off. You know, your eyes are so right. <laughs> yeah, your eyes you're... are so messed up. Wait just a minute. You know, oh man, I I hate that. Yeah, I don't function real well. You know, when the alarm goes off. Yeah. All right, let's talk. I had to get up at six in the morning and get coffee to go up on rooftops before it got too before it got too warm. Yeah. 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 Hey, you know, hey, the show. It's about electronics. We're going to talk electronics a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, I've got these valves. I got I got sixteen valves around the yard out there that turn the water that zone on and off. And some of those valves have been covered up with dirt and grass for years. So I, I've identified and found most of them. There's a few that I probably still hadn't found. Uh, there at the the sprinkler controller, you know, you got a wire going to each uh, each valve. And uh, I've got a, uh, you know, a tone 
uh, uh, transmitter that's made for irrigation. So you can put the tone on like zone four, you know, the wire on zone four, and then, then you've got the earphones and the pickup where you can go out there on the ground and you can try to find that tone, you know. The problem is they use multi-conductor cable and all the, all, the, all the different zones pretty much show up in the same cable everywhere and it makes it more difficult. Uh, I was thinking, I was thinking, Glenn, of a different way, a cheaper and a better way to find these zones. What we do, <clears throat> we take a, a relay. We take a relay. You know how you can wire a relay to latch? You know, when, 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 you, when you put power on, the relay will latch and it'll stay, it, won't, it won't unlatch, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of running it, running the power through that way, run it through the through the top side where where it's off. In other words, when power hits it, the relay will energize, but then it'll break its connection, right? Uh -huh. And then it'll go back and it'll energize and it'll break its connection. In other words, it'll just go back and forth like this. You want it to buzz. You want it to buzz. All right, you put that on zone four or zone five, and you walk around out there in the yard, and you listen. You listen at the ground for the the solenoid, you know, clicking on and off out there. I think that would be much better than trying to send a tone down. Unless you're looking for the one that's broken. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what, if it, what if it's got an open coil? Uh, well, it, it won't yeah, buzz. you're right, you're right. Yeah, if it's an open coil, we got a problem. Oh, man. And but I, if it's, I, uh, on, on the other hand, it could pulse the water if you turn the water on, and then it'd be really obvious which one it was. Oh, I don't know if it could pulse that water that fast, but hey, Glenn, you done messed my, I was going to, man, I was going to market it, man. I was going to sell them on eBay for nineteen ninety five each, you know, relay. No, your best bet is like a, uh, a uh, Cat5 Ethernet cable toner and just, you know, tone it out. Signal toner. Oh, what a Cat5. Well, I, like I say, I've got a cable. I've got a toner that I that hook on the wire. And I've got a special, it's a special uh, irrigation, the earphones and the receiver. It's on a long handle that actually rubs the ground almost, the, the receiver. But that wire just about goes through every zone. I mean, it's it's like a multi-conductor cable, right? With like sixteen wires in it, and it goes through it goes through every you know you got to find but where if, it stops. If you, if you connect it to the individual conductor, yeah, it will go to where that individual wire goes. Yes, there will be some induction on the other wires, but that will be significantly less. Yeah, but I'll I'll also pick it up at four or five or six other. Uh, Wow. Well, you're going to go wherever that conductor goes through, yeah. Yeah. That how, about, how about putting a little tiny LED across the solenoid? Well, I, the problem is it's covered up with dirt and grass. I don't know where it is. Hmm. I'm, I'm looking for it. What you're going to have to do is choose each of the conductors and trace it out, and that would tell you where each conductor physically goes to. Well, that's, of course, that's what we do, but finding the other end of it is the problem. That's what I'm saying. You do that, and then you go find the other end, and it's going to be a process of elimination. Yeah, you're I only mean, gonna... like for Zone 4, I pull the Zone 4 wire off the controller. I put the tone on, on just that single wire, 
and I go out and I follow it on the ground, you know, all over the yard. I go through maybe four or five different uh, valves because it's a multi-conductor cable, and that, that, right. that yellow wire goes everywhere, man. You know? It goes through all of them, yes, but yeah. at some point it's going to terminate. Yeah, yeah. At some and point see, the it thing terminates. is, if the end is open, you're not going to know where it is. At some point it terminates, but how do you know where it terminates? Well, the tone would stop. It'll still tone even if the coil is open on the relay. So you just have to map each one out in your yard, and then you look for which valve is not turning on, and you know that's where it's at, but you got a good tone, so you know you've got this hole in the yard that you don't recognize. Well, I had a valve uh, last night that wouldn't turn off. That so, would not turn off? Yeah, so I'm getting a new valve put in tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. And I decided to let the irrigation guy do it. I mean, I could dig the hole. I could get down there. I could cut the PVC pipe in half. I could put a new valve in. But you know what? I'd get dirty and hot and sweaty, and it's been really hot here. Let me tell you something. I went to Home Depot on Saturday, and yeah. we bought stuff to work on my deck and, and whatnot. We bought 60 16-foot boards. And all we had to do was unload them from my friend's trailer. It was so hot that it took us three separate sessions. And when we were done, we said, we are not going to work on this deck today. It was a hundred and something degrees. We just said, no, we're not doing it. We'll, we'll come back next week. It's just too hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, I've been ready to go up on a roof and work on my rotors all this past week. And Kathy has reminded me it's too hot out there. And no, the roofs are like ovens, hey, man. Hey, we're just going outside and walking around, you come in just drenched, man. I mean, yeah. it, it was bad. Now, today, That's what I'm saying. All we did was lift boards and carry yeah. them onto my deck, and that yeah. was just too much work. Yeah. Regarding my my irrigation circuit, it's a multi-conductor. It's like a 20-pair I'm not 20 pair, but 20 conductor cable. Uh, one common, you got one common, and you got one wire for each zone. Uh, but that multi-conductor cable you know, pretty much routes through a lot of different, a lot of different zones. So you that's gotta, why I say you you're going to have to end. map it out, and you it will take you the all end. the way to the valve. And if you don't know there's a valve there, or if you don't see a valve or whatever, then you know that valve is dead. Yeah, I just need to get you over here to do it, Glenn. You can't pay me enough. Well, I, I, I'd get you, I, I'd give you an RC coal and a moon pie. Mm, not in this heat. You'll have to wait. Well, you better be when. nice to me because I took the mouse off your nose a few minutes ago. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll put it back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, these uh, these these relays uh, are not relays. The solenoids are AC. They will work on DC. You can put DC to a to an AC solenoid. Yeah, uh, you would just have to look for the one that's not working. So basically, trace every conductor, map it out on a little chart of your backyard where it goes, and if you cannot identify a valve there, then that's the valve that's not working, where the wire stops and there's no water. You know, there was a 60s song, Easier Said Than Done. I don't know if anybody yeah. ever heard that song or not. I don't remember that one. Easier, easier said than done. You don't remember that song? 
Don't remember that one. No, you're older than oh, me, though. Man. How many remember that song? Easier, easier said than done. Let's see if anybody in the chat room, you know. Heck, I asked them in the chat room who Alan Freed was the other day. No, I mean, last year, nobody knew. He, yeah, Brett had a good idea there. You can measure that? the voltage and current on each wire. Uh, you can also measure voltage and current. Yeah, because the one that's not working may may be open. Of course, that's assuming it's open. I don't know, Teresa. Of course, I I may have to hear the music itself, but it it doesn't sound familiar to me. Well, let me just see. I want to do something. Yeah, he's going to have to find. I'm going to find yeah. it. Brett, Brett you got it. The one that fails will be different. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. Uh. <coughs> oh, man. I got strangled here. All right. I'm probably going to get kicked off of uh, YouTube. <laughs> Surely you've heard this. I probably have. Just let's see if it's it. <clears throat> I gotta wait. <clears throat> All right, get ready. <coughs> We're ready. All right. Easier said than done. My friends all tell me, go to him, run to him, say sweet lovely run. things to him and tell him. He's the one. Deep in my heart, I know it, but it's so hard to show it, because it's easier. Easier said than done. Nope, do not know that You've one. You've never heard that? How many people? Never have heard how that. many people in the chat room have heard that? I, I've this, heard that one, but it's been a long this time. Proves, this proves Glenn is not a. He's not a. He's got to be an alien. He's got to be an alien. Oh man. Well, you know what that means. Well, <clears throat> I probably just hit YouTube's copyright deal, and they're gonna. <laughs> They're probably going to kill me tonight. Uh, it was an Essex song in 1963. Do you know how old I was in 1963? I was five years old. Nope, did not. Did not oh, ever hear, remember on, hearing come that. Oh, man. Gee. So even Brits, Brits heard it. Well, he may have heard it, but I didn't hear it. You need to get out more often. <laughs> well, that's the truth, yes. Yeah, I won't YouTube, argue you YouTube, Brit, YouTube flags me for everything, man. You, you are, see, when we play the 30 minutes up front, I get flagged. I get flagged like crazy. Copyright, copyright, copyright. Uh, but they usually come back. Uh, most of them, they come back and say, although this is copyrighted, uh, I, in fact, I probably don't even need to be in my license because they come back and said, you know, this is covered under common, common something license, and that the the uh, 
common use license. Yeah, that the uh, I guess the person that made it say it's okay for you to use it, but they may put advertisements on your page. So they let you use it anyway. So you know now. I, I do get blocked. Uh, last week, uh, we had a song, I forget what it was. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been, we've been blocked. Uh, a certain song is blocked in Russia. It it can't be heard in Russia, so I, I forget what it was. I could look it up. But uh, so far, you know, we've been. Back in pretty, the USSR? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So far, we've been pretty good about not getting, you know. Uh, hammered by YouTube. I think one time they, they, if I get three flags on YouTube, they don't call them flags. I forget what they, because I don't get them that much. But if I got three strikes, they call it strikes. If I get, th if I get three strikes on YouTube, they'll shut me down for like two months before I can come back on. So, you know, I think I've only got one strike before. Uh, I did challenge it with my BMI license. Uh, nobody, um, Nobody at YouTube listens. I think they're all AI, you know, artificial intelligence there. And uh, so, you know, it doesn't do any good to argue with them. Well, that's because the they're my fellow fellow aliens. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you make us one of us mad, you make us all mad. Yeah, yeah. Now, Twitch is much nicer about it. Instead of blocking you completely, if they think you violated copyright, they just mute the sound on that one section. Well, and that would, that would be cool if they would do that on, on YouTube, but they won't do it on YouTube. They send you a nasty letter. Uh, yeah. All right. Hey, uh, everybody out there listening on Shortwave, you're listening to WBCQ 7490. And this program is Amateur Radio Roundtable, a show about ham radio, shortwave, electronics, and various other things. Uh, tonight, we've been talking about uh, Internet and VPN. If you're out there listening, uh, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. Also, hey, if you're listening out there on a podcast, we got all these people that are driving up and down a highway out there, and they're, uh, you know, they're they're listening. But I don't know you're listening. I don't see you in the chat room. I, I saw a note the other day where we've had like fifty thousand downloads in like I don't know last eight months or something. Hey, if you're out there uh, listening to the podcast, send us an email and tell us that you're listening, so I won't shut it off. I mean, you know, I have to go through certain steps each week to get the audio put on the podcast, so. Uh, it takes me a few minutes, and uh, shoot me an email if you're listening out there. We may not have anybody listening now. Shoot me an email to tom at w5kub.com. All right. All right, guys. Let's see. What else? Oh, join our, join our Facebook group. It's called W5KUB. We'd love to have you join that Facebook group. And if you're, if you're on uh, YouTube here watching the show, if you would, hit that subscribe button right there. I'm, I'm helping you out right there. I'm pointing toward it. Hit the subscribe button. That will help us out greatly. All right, guys, what else is on our agenda tonight? I, I don't have anything else on the agenda. Oh, you're out of, out of stuff on your notes? Well, I don't even know where my notes went. Here are my notes. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, special media, uh, social media. You know, somebody suggested in the chat room, or not the chat room, the uh, Facebook group, we should have a, like a social media manager. Guys, the, the job is open. We're now hiring for Amateur Radio Roundtable. We have an open position for social media manager. This is a pretty high job. We will pay you 15% more than we pay all of our other co-hosts. So uh, if you want to join, uh, your, your responsibilities would be to help us promote the show. For instance, during the uh, during the uh, Huntsville Ham Fest, didn't think about it, but someone gave us the idea that if we had a social media manager that could help, you know, hit uh, things like Facebook and Twitch and Twitter and different things about, you know, our, our webcast is going, we could have probably doubled or tripled our, our, our number of our viewers. So we really need somebody to help us as a social media manager. The pay is really good. If you do sign up for that and you get accepted, please don't let Glenn know how much we're paying you. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't it about time for me to get a raise? Yeah, I'll tell you what, Glenn, I'm going to give you a 5% tonight. There you go. All Thank right. you. All right. You have not, 5%. Yeah. Okay. That'll work. Okay. Um, our, our, our DMR, 31693. Nobody has called us on that. Let's see if anybody's listening. This is W5KUB on Brandmaster Talk Group. 31693, Amateur Radio Roundtable. Anybody out there? All right. You know that IP radio costs about 500 bucks. This is an expensive radio. And nobody wants to talk to me. Nobody wants to talk to me on it. I like the fact that it does the, all three of them. Yeah. All three of the, the modes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, so a, matter of, just cool. a matter of just touch, hitting the touch screen and, you know, changing yeah, DMR. Yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. All right, nobody. I'm disappointed. So, hey, guys, we used to have a net before the show on 40 meters. Uh, it was taking too much of my time to try to run the net right before the show. Usually, you know, uh, 30, 45 minutes before the show, I come in here and I find out everything is not working. And I start panicking, and it takes me a while to get everything working, or just about the time to start the show. So uh, that was just too much work. Uh, I'm looking for people that might want to call a net for roundtable. If we got anybody out there like to call a net on 40 meters, 20 meters, multiple bands, we can have multiple people. Let's just call a net and just have a roundtable, guys. I'll try to get on and talk with you guys too. Uh, and uh, uh, hey, you can send me an email or report in uh, each Tuesday night, and we can say, you know, we had. You know, we had 918 check-ins, or we had, you know, five check-ins, or whatever, you know, and just give, give us an update, you know. So I'm looking for somebody who may want to volunteer to do a, do a net. While we're looking for volunteers, uh, I've got a cobweb that didn't do well this last winter. My neighbors dropped some pine limbs on it. Yeah. So I need somebody to come on over and restring my cobweb. Get get that thing back on the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's gotten cool, so you you can stand on my roof and do it. Wouldn't take you long. Mm. And, and I'll pay you twice what Tom is paying me to do it. 
Sound like a deal. <clears throat> Works for me. But they have to furnish their own gas to get down here. We don't pay mileage. No, we don't pay mileage. Let's and see. yes, Brad, it's it's a true MFJ cobweb with the 40-meter option. You know, hey, we could have the net after the show. About We could, but I'd be in bed. Yeah, well, Glenn is going to go to bed. 9, 30, 10 o'clock. We could, it's we my bedtime, net, man. We could have a net after the show. Uh, uh, Mark, I think someone asked me, how do I know the volume's turned up? The, the, the display here has got a neat little volume indicator. Uh, as I turn the volume up, there's 13, 14, 15. It's turned almost all the way up. Oh, man. Yeah, that's the cool thing about digital radio is that there's no static. Now, Brett asked, is it a cobweb or a hex beam? Yeah, that's what I said. It's a cobweb. It's a true MFJ cobweb with the 40-meter option. Okay. And I really like it. It's just the only place in my house I could put it. It's got these big pine trees, you know, about 20 feet above it, and they tend to drop limbs and stuff during ice storms. Yeah, Teresa, the peanut butter or popcorn. Uh, yeah. No, tonight maybe, I think it's going to be peanut butter. I'm, I'm in a peanut, peanut butter, butter mood. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, if anybody would like to do a net, let's do a net. We can do multiple nets, multiple bands. Uh, we can um, we can have you on the show to report it each week, or you can send in a report each week. I think that'd be cool to do. All right, what else did I have on my list? Our master kiss. I think we hit on everything. I will work on my rotor tomorrow and see if I can't get that thing going. Yeah, hopefully it's, you know, it may just be stuck and you just have to bump it. What I have to do is I have to bump mine in both directions a little bit and eventually it releases. Yeah. Again, mine's 15, 20 years old. Did, did you say you had 40 meter on that? No, that's why I've got my uh, satellite antennas. You you don't have the 40-meter option on the cobweb? Yes, I do. Oh, do you? Okay. That makes it a little bit larger. At my DPM. What is that, Teresa? Glenn. Take a look at my D slash PM. Not... Oh, your, D, your DPM. Yeah. yeah. What is my yeah. DPM? Hey, check, Glenn, check that real quick. Yeah, if once I knew what it was, I would. I, I mean, really, you need to get get right on it, man. I, I wouldn't wait much longer. Check that. The DPM? Yeah, it, it probably, oh. What is it? Somebody sent me oh. a private message. No, no, they didn't send you a private message. I'm not seeing one, but I'll they go look. They didn't send it. They sent you a private message. Really? Yeah. I'm not seeing one. Maybe there is one. Oh, gee, there was one. Was there? All right, let's see. You know, we hadn't had any, uh, oh, we'll see, man. This is, we haven't had any, uh, 
Uh, yeah, again. for some reason, this chat doesn't really flag that I've got a private message. So there it is. Okay. Colorado, I've got one coming up. That's a little far for me to go, but I'm looking for some ham, ham events to go to, actually. I'd, I'd love to go to some. The BARC Fest, Colorado. QSO Today, yep, yep. QSO Today, that's uh, September the... QSO Today Academy, September 8th through the 10th. You know, the ants have done a good job flying ever since the other balloon was shot down. Um, and they steered the balloon to the to the Antarctica region to get out of it, to get out of Dodge. Uh, they did really good. Uh, we were a little worried, a little worried that they might have trouble. Right after that one was shot down, we were over uh, we were over Hawaii, heading toward the U.S. I thought we were gonna get shot, shot down. down. But they were smart enough to take it down to the southern hemisphere. Houston Hamfest in March. Man. Man, Teresa, that's a long drive. My, my son lives right outside of Houston now. Chris, Chris is in here, AC5CM. He's, he's, he's in, what's the city in Missouri City? Why do they name a, why do they name a city Missouri City in Texas? That don't seem right. That was just to confuse you. Yeah, he lives down in Missouri City, and he'll be coming home here in about a month. Driving home, it's a it's at least a ten hour drive. That's about the same it is for us going up to Dayton, man. It's just too far for us to drive, man. Raleigh, North Carolina, Rars Fest next April. Yeah, that might be one worth going. Well, if we talk about April, we've got uh, the Memphis Free Fest in April. you got the Memphis Free Fest. Uh, there's the Collinsville, Illinois Winter Fest on January 27th. Um, yeah. You've got the Jackson Ham Fest, like the last weekend in January, last Saturday in January. Um, then, of course, Orlando in February. And uh, also Dalton, let's see, Dalton is, I got all this down. You've got Dalton on uh, February 24th. There's also Chattanooga is in October. I want to say it's like October 24th or something. And then you've got Atlanta in June. Well, I can't make the October. Guys, in October... I'm going in for a little surgery on the eyeballs here. I told I told the people I'm allergic to needles and lasers in the eye, but that didn't seem to bother the doctors. So uh, I'm going to have two eyes fixed. Uh, October, I think October 12th, I have the first eye done, and then they're going to wait about a week, and then they're going to do the other eye. 
Yes, ten, and, tends uh, to be the way they do that. Yeah, yeah. That way, if you go, if they mess up, you go blind in one. You don't go blind in both of them. You know. So, right. Yeah. So anyway, I told him. I said, you know, they'll, they'll they'll give me an IV there to make me comfortable. I said, you better make me more than comfortable. I said, whoever's working that thing, he better turn the drip up. I was just going to say, yeah, he's going to need to turn it up to about an 11 or 12. He, yeah, he's going to have to turn the drip up on that IV. I, I tell you, man, when I, when I start seeing scalpels and lasers coming toward the eyeball, let me tell you, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's fighting things that I'm seeing right there. I was just going to say, yeah, tell them to set you to Woodstock plus three. Woodstock plus, uh, yeah, that's a good that, one. That ought to be about right. Yeah. You'll be seeing white rabbits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, now Clifton says you're awake the whole time. Yeah, Clifton. Actually, you are. Yes. You you're awake, but Clifton, I, my my understanding is you don't remember it. That's that's what everybody's telling me. That's had it done, and they say you won't you don't remember it. So I better not remember it. Let me tell you, I better not. Heck, man, I want to know how they keep that eyelid open. They they tape it open or they super glue it open? What do they do, man? Um, I think they staple it open. Oh, key. Oh, man. You know, they pull the eyelid up and they kind of staple it to your forehead. Yeah. Well, you better put that drip on about 15, then. <laughs> I'm probably not far behind you. They're probably going to give can, that to me in a couple of years. Yeah, I've got to have it. I've, I've, I've realized I've got to have it done. Um things are starting to get a little dark you know yeah i see a dark kind of a hazy you know i mean they're not things aren't as clear as they used to be yeah for me it's the night vision i got the starring kind of stuff happening on the night vision oh gee mark says they it's use clothes pins i wouldn't doubt it <laughs> yeah clothes um, pins or maybe toothpick prop it open i don't know man Woo. yeah <laughs> now i'm thinking do i even want to show up now Oh, yeah. Man. Well, the good news is the stuff they give you. Yeah. Um, they're doing all this work on somebody else. You just, you know, you're just watching. Yeah. Yeah. That was the way my wisdom. I had my wisdom teeth pulled probably about 35, 40 years ago. And it was very similar to that is I am thoroughly convinced that he pulled somebody else's wisdom teeth. And I watched <laughs> Uh, it turns out that he was probably rated one of the best oral surgeons in all of Alabama, and he was a grateful dead groupie. And that's I think that's all that needs to be said as far as the anesthesia that I got. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, he. I'll be honest, I did not have one lick of pain after that whole event. He pulled all four wisdom teeth at the same time. You know what I'm going to hate the most? I hate eye drops, man. I hate eye drops. Now, I heard, I've, I had a friend actually go through similar surgery last month, and he said it was the best thing that happened to him. Oh, yeah, everybody does. Everybody says that. Yeah, yeah. everybody does, man. But I hate eye drops. You're going to have to hold me down and hold, you know, pry my yeah. eye open. Now, I Russ is at, asking in the chat room here, what causes a latching relay to buzz? That's going to tell me that it's being consistently pulsed to be turned on or turned off and now latching relay is designed to be hit with a pulse at one time so whatever it's causing it to buzz you're probably hitting it with multiple pulses 
Well, you can have, you can also have a latching relay that's not pulsed. That's that's a steady. If you just if you run the if you, if yeah, you that's run the, true. If you run the the power through the the contact where it closes on, it'll stay on until the power. If removed. it's constantly on, but yeah. it'll buzz if it's pulsed. Well, it could be AC, you know, buzzing. Yep, you got AC on the, yeah. the line instead of DC. Yep. Yeah, could be a lot of things. Yeah. 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 Chris is saying they peel your lid open with scotch tape. Yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. Actually, I think they use duct tape. Oh, that real sticky, yeah. That yeah. real, that, that gorilla it, tape. That, that, you know, that, that, that would hold good on a forehead. A big old piece, yeah. piece of, uh, what's that? Yeah, gorilla, gorilla tape. tape. Put that, they better use gorilla tape on me, man. I'll, I'll be yaking it off, man. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, you will not be in, in the mood to yank anything off. Oh, man. Well. I keep my eyes open, just use caffeine. I'll tell them, you know. I don't know what I'll tell them. I'll tell them. <laughs> like I say, just tell them to, to set you to Woodstock no, plus three. Them, you know, don't do the. You'll be fine. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. That's it. Yeah. It's not going to be that bad. Yeah. I mean, you know, heck, I stayed overnight and they done popped me open and hit my reset button. Oh, man, that's tough. And I never felt a thing. Yeah, we need to be on forty meters on that medical net they got. And yeah, talking just, about I'm all this just stuff. Trying to think. Uh, yeah, see, Doc is already gone, so we can't ask yeah, Doc Doc's any medical gone. questions here. Yeah, Mark wants to know what type. What what? What type of surgery? That I'm having. Yeah, I'm having uh, cataracts removed. They they'll uh, they'll bombard the. Uh, They'll bombard the uh, the lens with a with a uh, laser and break the uh, lens and cataract all the pieces, and then they stick a, some kind of vacuum cleaner in there to suck all that out, and then they just put a new little lens in, a little plastic lens, man. They just stick it through a little yep. slit in there, and yeah, a little and, bit of super glue, and you're and all he set. Got, and he tells me it takes like ten or fifteen minutes. Yeah, they've got that down to a simple little science. Yeah. So, you know, I'm getting the I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go all out and get the better, you know, I mean, you know, Medicare pay for a standard lens. And, you know, if you want something like a bifocal, but they're, they've got a they got a lens now that they're perfecting and what it is, you know, it's, I, I have bifocals and, you know, I'm wondering, okay, they put a bifocal lens there. What if that lens turns sideways? Am I going to go, you know, like, you know, one yeah. eye turns sideways <laughs> and one eye don't? And Actually, don't they sew that lens no, into no, place? No, 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 no. No, I talked to the doctor about that, and he says, here's what they do. The the lens are are have circular, they're circular, and they have rings. Okay, so you can imagine, you know, your bifocal lens, it's just, it's a ring that goes all the way around. And in your mid your mid distance, it, it's within that, and it goes all the way around. And then, of course, your your I guess. So you're close up when you look way up or way down. Well, I don't know how it works. I hadn't got one yet, um, but um, you obviously your 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 
eye, just your brain or whatever, you look you look through the right part of the lens. If the lens turns on you, it's, it's all the same. You know, it's, you know, like the outer, okay, cause the, the outer edge got, all the way around will be the same lens, you know. I've had bifocal contacts before, and yeah. it's actually one piece is weighted just slightly different, and that piece will always gravitate towards the bottom as the lens rotates. Yeah. So, I, well, I've got one eye a little stronger than the other, but you know, it's 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 a it's not a trick, but it's a what I'm trying to say is you got to really be an expert to do this. I mean, to put those lenses in. So what they're going to do, you, even after I get the eyes fixed, I, I may still have to wear glasses for something. Yeah. Either either for close reading or for long distance. And he he told me he said which one would you prefer if you had to have? But these 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 ring uh, uh, lens are made to take care of that, where you don't have to have glasses. But more than likely, I mean, I'll, I'll be able to see small, but more likely to to read. I probably still have to get some reading glasses, but I won't have to re wear glasses, you know, all the time. Um, yeah, you ought to get them to give you the X-ray lenses. So what they're going to do is they're going to make one lens for close-up. They're going to make one lens for like a little further out. Now, to me, that sounds crazy. They actually do that's that. That's what they do. That's what they I do. I tried that with contacts, but yeah. uh, they have to determine which is your dominant eye. Right. And yeah. they really couldn't determine which of my eyes was dominant, so that did not work with me. So... So even though you got one that's focused closer and one that's focused a little further away, he says your brain matches those together somehow. Yeah, your brain does blend the, the vision and, and it know, works real well really, for most really people. You know that. Yeah, so, it did not work for me, but yeah, it, that tends to work very well so for I go in. I go in this week, they'll, they'll run all the major tests they need, you know, all the measurements and stuff. I just hope you don't use a lot of dental tools when he probes around on that eye, you know. Yeah. I did not like it, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is, you know, now you can be a member of the Borg Collective. Of oh, the who? The Borg Collective. Who's You're not that? a Star Trek person? I don't know. What is, Star Trek? Well, what is that? Let's just say that you're starting. You're going to be about the, what, $150,000 man with this one? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, come on. Surely you watched The Six Million Dollar Man. Man, that was a long time ago. They're, they're replacing parts of you one at a time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I do remember Easier Said Than Done. Yeah, you do that, but you didn't remember Six Million Dollar Man or The Borg. What's The Borg? Star Is Trek it? The Next Generation. They oh, were I bad guys. I didn't get into the Star Trek stuff too much. The yeah. Borg Collective, yes. Yes. Oh, no. Uh, yes, resistance is futile. Yeah, with inflation, the $6 million man is the $23 million man now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least. But, uh, yep, we're all getting to that point that, you know, we have to start, you know, ha adding parts. Parts we get are wearing out. 
All right. Hey, hey guys, everybody out there listening on Shoreway, thanks for being with us tonight. we got one minute until sign off. Actually, we just signed off. <laughs> thanks to everybody uh, for watching tonight and joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, guys. Well, I think Perfect it's, timing. it's popcorn time. Amen. Yeah. Peanut butter time. Yeah. Good night, everybody. We enjoyed uh, being with you tonight. And, Britt, thanks for being with us and telling us all about VPN. I'm going to go study it now. No. Glad to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. All right, man. We'll see you guys. Let me uh, 